0: Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce, and if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP.
1: When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to.
0: These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs, with some of the Best stories we've ever gotten on them.
1: Please help keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air.
0: And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person on the website RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you are keeping this show going. Please and thank you. Welcome
2: to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: And today, a listener shares his terror of coming face-to-face with a murderer he thought only existed in his nightmares. An engaged couple receives helpful warnings from a female energy in their home. A maid hears the sounds of a horrible mess being made and fears she'll have to clean it up until she realizes she's the only one home. And a boy doesn't need his cousin's warning and looks in the direction he was told not to look. What he see, what he sees still haunts him to this day. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hey. How are you?
1: Fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing lovely. Looking. I'm, I always try and like, when I, when I read the headlines, have go, go through my mind of, oh, what? Do I think is going to be the most exciting? And I know you highlight the one that you pick oh. for what you think will be. Sorry, and you're usually pretty well on with that. I just I, sometimes the headlines in some of these, like I, oh, what, what? I don't know. I'm uh, the murder story sounds interesting. Uh huh. Where you have, uh, I mean, my my interpretation would be he dreamed of this person and then it actually came face to face with it or something of that nature. But uh, and it's especially I mean, it's creepy when that happens, if it's just like, oh, you're, uh, you know, deja vu ish situation of oh, I dreamt I was here and I ordered that fried chicken sandwich before. That's interesting. Totally different when you're I dreamt I was here before and you were trying to kill me. You know, it's a <laughs> yeah, little, a little, uh, little bit different, <laughs> slightly different uh, incarnation. Of, uh, of deja vu there.
1: although I have had the feeling of a chicken sandwich afterwards trying to kill me
0: that is that's a haunting experience yes that that really is especially when it uh, uh rises from the dead if you will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we can stop there
0: <laughs> that's always the scary part um yeah 855-853-4802 that's our phone number to call into real ghost stories online of course you can also uh write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. let's uh kick off the show today we will go over to a letter from joey and joey writes in i grew up with my mom and my little brother We've always been very close. We moved to Georgia from Chicago, and we're living in a three-bedroom duplex summer uh, of 1995. I was 14 years old. I've always uh, been what people would uh, say is a mama's boy. grew up watching her battle cancer my entire life, so I'm pretty protective of her. One evening, I had a nightmare that I'll describe below. I awoke to a sunny day and had left the radio I slept with playing. There was a breaking story about an escaped killer who'd been in a police custody for murdering at least five people in a race-related rampage killing. That's awful, I thought, as I got dressed and headed to grab the mail. On my way to the mailbox, our neighbor's son, Pete, waved at me and threw me the bright orange ball he was playing with outside. As I caught the ball and went to throw it back to him, "'Out from the side of the house stepped a man I'd never seen. "'He was a tall white man, maybe 6'3", "'balding, with a stern and determined look on his face. "'He wore a brown long-sleeved shirt "'under old blue overalls and thick brown boots. "'What took longer for me to recognize "'was the fact that he had an old double-barrel "'side-by-side shotgun with him. "'Before I could tell Pete to run, "'the man shot him once and smiled as the small child fell.' I ran back into the house yelling for my mom and brother to go straight to my room and hide behind my couch. In doing so, I left the front door open and started to run back and close and lock. All of a sudden, in my bedroom window, which faced the street in front of the house, the man appeared, smiling and pointing the shotgun toward my family and myself. He broke the window with the gun stock and barged towards him, grabbing the barrels and trying to pull the shotgun away. During the struggle, my little brother is yelling and my mom pleads with me to be careful. The strange man manages to push me away and immediately shoots and kills my mom. After a second of processing what just happened and becoming filled with rage, I wrestle the gun away from him and hit him in the face with it. He falls back and I climb through the now empty window and onto the front porch area. I raise the long gun by its barrels and hammer it down on the man's head over and over and over. Eventually, there's nothing left on the porch except a grotesque stain. At that point, I woke up screaming and crying and knocking on my mom's door. She answered a minute later. She was in the shower, and upon seeing her in real life, I fell to the floor and was inconsolable for a few hours. The next day, my mom thought it would be a good idea to get out of the house and get my mind off of things. I accompanied her to the store and to run errands. Well, in a small consignment shop of Curious, uh, of uh, Curios, what's Curios mean? I know Curio cabinet.
1: Little like, I think they are like little things that you would keep in a Curio cabinet. I was just going
0: to say, is that what a Curio cabinet is? It's for Curios? I think so. Or Cheerios.
1: I always call them tchotchkes. <laughs>
0: tchotchkes? Knickknacks? Knickknacks. <laughs> okay. I, knickknacks is what I always said. Yeah. I uh, turned down an aisle and saw a man, or saw the man from my nightmare. Same height, same overalls, boots, brown shirt. He looked in my eyes, and my look of anger and fear must have thrown him off because he looked genuinely confused and unsure of what to do. I couldn't move or speak, and my mother had to get someone to help drag me to the front of the store. I eventually calmed down and I never saw the man again. But the strange thing was prior to the nightmare, I'd never seen him before. Thankfully, no harm befell my mother, and her cancer is in remission these days. What do you guys think? Freaky dream? Partial precognition? I have more paranormal stories if you guys are interested and find this one entertaining slash creepy. I love the show, and you guys are both awesome. Thanks.
1: Well, beyond being a horrible nightmare, seeing that person in real life afterwards makes me wonder if you inadvertently dreamt you were going to this place. Or had you been to this place before and not really realized you saw this person and they were just kind of in somewhere in your back of your mind and you didn't realize that you'd ever seen them?
0: Yeah, it could have been a regular person that you saw on a regular basis, but you never really... Had you not had the dream, they would not stand out to you. Yeah. And then that was just the form that the the monster character essentially took in the dream.
1: Now, if he does in the future go on a rampage, that's a whole different
0: Sure. If he kills your family thing. in the future, that's a little different. No. <laughs> right right back in if that happens. That <laughs> like, had
1: to be terrifying.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if, if you're a little kid and have a... I had a dream kind of... Uh, not uh, not quite that gruesome once. But it, it was scary. And it was one of those things where I think, you know, you can dream of those things if you have, like, a fear of losing someone. You know, these sort of things can pop up in your mind. Yeah. Of, like, you know, horrific things that really, I don't know, necessarily... Uh, you know, associate with reality, but, but that, you know, it it can happen, especially if you're a kid. I mean, there was, uh, I had a dream that my mom was like attacked on our porch. Like she was picking something. I was a little kid when I had this dream and like robbers or something, you know, it's all bad. People are called robbers when you're eight. Um, you know, like attacked her on the porch and then I woke up and that was about it. Yeah. And it was it was scary because you're eight, you know, and sure. this is a dream. Of. But I mean, I kind of alluded that more so to it at the time there had been a lot of women being abducted in our area mm-hmm. that worked at the mall. My mom also worked. Um, so that was like something I worried and had a lot of anxiety over at the time. So I don't know. I mean, I never I don't remember like actually seeing the face. Or anything, uh-huh. but so I, I can't say that was paranormal. I think that was just anxiety uh, in my case. But it is very curious that he did, that that person was seen that that specific of a person, same outfit, same everything. I don't know what that means if he doesn't kill your family. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but I, I don't. I I, I honestly I, I don't know what what the rap for, what, why.
1: I think it would be okay to be leery of him because that's sure. not going to hurt anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't invite him over for coffee or anything.
1: Yeah, I'd just be leery of him.
0: Yeah. No. Tell him. Tell him about your dream.
1: No, don't tell him about it.
0: <laughs> hey, I had a dream about last night? 855 uh, 853 Can you imagine walking up to somebody at a uh, little knickknack store? Yeah. Hey, aren't these lovely porcelain elephants? Hey, I had a dream that you murdered my family last night. That'd be horrible. Uh, I would be. You to being that person and you're just like the mo. you're, you're not a bad person at all. And there's little kids telling you this horrible. I think I'd like run. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Is this some sort of like weird setup or something? <laughs> like, are you trying to like pin a murder on me? Uh, Jessica writes in. Hello, my name is Jessica. Just recently discovered your show on YouTube and now I'm a fan got two spooky ghost stories that I wanted to share with you guys, and I'm going to try my best to make this short as possible. My first ghost story happened when I was little, and somehow I remember this clearly. It was about the time when I and my mom were sleeping. We both shared the same room, but then all of a sudden, uh, there was a loud, evil devil laughter, like you hear in the movies. My mother thought it was my uncle, Mike. He thought it was him, since he was a jerk at the time, liked to pull pranks on me. The laughter woke me up, and I started crying. And I and my mom were confused, didn't know where uh, in the, the in the living hell it came from. The past, or the, the few years past, I was like nine or ten, I was sleeping in my room. I began having a nightmare, which I normally don't have. In my dream, I was about to go to the bathroom until I saw a tall red evil figure in the corner started to freak me out and before it disappeared the figure pointed at me i couldn't tell if it was the devil or death itself i haven't told my mother all of these years since i thought she wouldn't believe me or i was afraid what would happen to me next now here's a very spooky story that will give you chills it was a late hot summer afternoon where i my mom and my uncle were going to walmart to buy some groceries it only takes us one or two hours to shop When we got home, there was a doll sitting on our front porch, covered in plastic. None of the three of us knew where it came from. I asked my next-door neighbor and asked my friend Samantha to know if it was them. Samantha was confused and shook her head. When I first saw the doll, I was afraid of it and didn't want anything to do with it since I watched way too many horror movies at the time. Later that night, my mom had a dream that someone was spying on us or there was a bomb in it. The next few weeks, my Uncle Daryl came by, and I asked him if he wanted the doll. He smiled and nodded his head, and I gave him the doll. After that, I felt a lot better. and never saw the doll again. Until this day, I never knew where that doll came from. I'm sorry if my two stories are long, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to my story. Have a wonderful day. P.S. My Uncle Daryl died tragically after receiving the doll. No, kidding. No. kidding. Kidding. Kidding.
1: Free dolls on the front porch. <laughs> that like that a, would bother me. It's like
0: the title of a a really like creepy book. Free dolls on the front porch.
1: Yeah, that's just strange. I wonder if it was just found and they knew a little girl lived there, and so they put it on the porch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see it being something you know, somewhat innocent, where maybe like uh, it was like literally in you know the front sidewalk or something lying there. And maybe somebody was, you know, going for a walk, saw the doll, and assumed maybe the little kid here dropped it off. I'm just going to walk it up there because I'd want my doll back, too, if it, you know, just, you know, just a good gesture. Sure. You know, good Samaritan type thing. I don't know. Either that or it got up in the middle of the night and walked to your porch.
1: Just all the random things that somebody could find and set on your front porch. A doll is just creepy.
0: Yeah. That's really kind of the last thing I'd want to see up there. Yeah. 855-853-4802 855 4802 is our phone number. If you like the show, please uh, press subscribe. Whatever platform it is you listen to us on. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. You'll get the shows delivered right to you. It helps us grow the show as well. So at the least, please consider doing that to help us uh, out uh, with the distribution of the show and the, uh, the ratings of our show. Help us climb those charts there. Sherry writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Listening to your podcast today and you were talking about uh, haunted, haunted houses, and the Queen Mary. If you remember, I had the story where we stayed the night in our haunted house to protect uh, props. and We ended up hearing footsteps walking around that we couldn't explain. In answer to your question, we didn't have anything actually supernatural happen while the haunt was running. If it did, it was probably drowned out by all of our fake stuff. So I have a story about the Queen Mary for Tony. I stayed on the Queen Mary... Took the ghost tour. Back in 2007, they had a short reality show called The Search for the Next Elvira. They held the initial auditions for it on the Queen Mary. It's another story, not supernatural in itself, on how I came to audition for it. But needless to say, my husband and I decided to make a weekend of it and stay on the ship. I was excited because I'm a ghost story junkie and knew about the tales from the Queen Mary. When we arrived, it was so big and beautiful. We checked into our room, then explored the ship. The rooms are the former staterooms, and they are charming and nothing like modern cruise ship staterooms today. Ours had full-size bathtubs. The ship itself is beautiful with hallways of uh, burled walnut wood paneling. You can walk around the entire ship viewing the different areas where they have signs posted to tell you the history of the ship and what happened in each area. That night, we took the ghost tour that went into the areas of the ship where the normal public isn't allowed there's an area in the engine room where a guy was crushed by a large metal door. I remember that story from unsolved mysteries.
1: You do remember that?
0: That is that's how he died. I was thinking he was killed when the ship was had a collision years ago, but it was the metal door. It was a essentially, you know, the uh watertight, watertight door. door closing and like on Titanic, you know, where they're trying to jump through before it closes because if you don't get out, you're pretty much dead. That's What happened? He got stuck Uh in the middle. Uh, He's supposed to haunt that area. We also went to where the boilers used to be. On a previous story you read, someone mentioned that while taking the tour in that spot, they got sort of out of time with the other group. Well, that didn't happen to us, I definitely got a strange feeling like something was right behind me. While on the walkway to the little dressing room area, we also went down to the bottom of the ship, where you could see the area that was used for transporting POWs during World War II. While we were down there, we started hearing the strangest sound. Now, the Queen Mary is permanently docked. It's still in the water, but it's surrounded by a short concrete wall, so other things like boats can't get close to it. So we are walking around this area in the deepest part of the ship when we hear something that sort of sounds like... Uh, okay, ten points to Tony if he says this right. Uh Oh, jeez. Digeridoo? Didgeridoo. Didgeridoo.
1: You've heard of that.
0: What's a didgeridoo?
1: You know, it's in Australia. I think it's the Aborigines. It's a long pipe that they kind of blow, and it makes that noise that anytime somebody does something yeah. on a commercial with Australia, they do that didgeridoo okay. sound in the background. I know what you're
0: talking about. Yep. And I, I yeah, I, I Nick, sorry, I don't get the 10 points. Didgeridoo.
1: I really thought that one you could handle.
0: Nope. No, you were you really putting far too much faith in me of reading our language correctly. It sounded like it was just outside the ship. Now remember, we are in the deep part of the ship, and the area is under the water level. We listened as it moved from one area to another, the whole crowd of us wondering what the hell it was. Even the tour guide was mystified. Overall, the tour was very enjoyable, and I highly recommend it. Like I said before, our cabin was lovely, except for one thing. There was this box of sorts that was on the wall of our room. It looked like a very old electrical box, and during the night, a very loud clicking noise kept uh, emanating from it. Just as uh, you would fall asleep, click, made for a not-so-restful night. If you were wondering, I didn't make it past the first auditions for the TV show. I don't regret going, because it gave me a chance to experience the Queen Mary. Also... Uh, make a lake a high make a honey honey hoe did i say that right do you remember that what is that from
1: peewee's playhouse
0: oh yes it is yeah. yes it is just testing to see if tony will read that on the air huh again huh love the show love you guys i'm an epp and thoroughly enjoy it please keep it going you guys are what keeps me sane while i'm working thank you for the uh the letter you know be a good guest on our show What? A tour guide from the Queen Mary.
1: That would be great.
0: Because whenever we get the Queen Mary stories, uh, there's usually a line in it where, and the tour guide was also mystified by Uh what was happening. So I'm assuming there's probably a lot of unexplained things that these tour guides have happened to them over the course of, you know, giving hundreds and thousands of tours of this ship. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet we could get a lot of interesting things there.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: We should look into that. Okay. Of getting one of them uh, on here. That would be uh, very interesting. You could probably fill a, fill a whole hour with just talking about the various things and experiences that people have had uh, on the ship. And even maybe share some of the experiences that we've heard from some of our listeners and see if they're you know familiar with any of those specific mm-hmm. uh, stories. Yeah. Could be interesting. I wonder if there's any other. I, this is a good, a good question for our listeners. Are there any other ships out there uh, docked, like the Queen Mary, that uh, you know are of that age that you can you know tour or or stay on and and visit? I know there's there's one in Philadelphia. It's not a touring ship. It's just sitting there and it's gutted. That's the SS United States, and it's of that age. Um, and there's a preservation society trying to essentially get it going almost like the queen mary but it's gonna take millions and millions of dollars for that to ever happen um but uh i'm wondering if are there any other places in the world i believe uh the queen elizabeth one I, I think or two qe2 i believe is docked in uh dubai okay but i don't believe it's doing anything right now i think the intent is to make that a floating museum. Okay, Um, but other than that, uh, are there any other ships, you know, like the real majestic ones uh, anywhere in the world that anyone knows of? I'd be curious. I'm always into that topic. Yeah. And uh, I'd imagine there'd be some stories
1: would be nice to know.
0: We do a whole show on haunted ships. 855 853 4802 is our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Laura writes in Hey guys, I've become a, a recent fan and I decided uh, I wanted to share this too. So here I go. Recently took over my parents' home in a large suburb of Maryland just outside of D.C. after about 20 years of living away. As a child, my brother, mom, and I had small experiences we couldn't explain, but my mom always made us comfortable enough to not fear what we saw or experienced or thought we saw and experienced. Anyway, fast forward to the last few months. My fiancé recently started staying there more regularly. we will be moving in soon and asked me the other day if I ever experienced things in the house. I figured out early on that there is, that he is very sensitive to energy. I said yes, and then asked why he was asking. He apparently had felt, when going for a middle-of-the-night bathroom trip, like someone was close to him. Initially thinking I had come out of the room for a same thing, he said he reached out and was startled. Uh, By the way, my house is very dark at night, because he felt like he was going to walk into me, but felt no one. He flipped on the hall light and found no one, also pushing open the bedroom door, only to find me sleeping in the bed. He woke another morning to tell me that he saw two people walk through the room. He said he woke because he saw the light in the room get bright uh, uh, through his uh, eyelids. He was sleeping and he saw them uh, walking along the side of the bed. He couldn't make out the faces but just followed them from the foot of the bed to the wall where they just disappeared to the wall. He wasn't afraid, just weirded out, then proceeded to go back to sleep. He also woke once He to ask me if I had told him to shift back from the edge of the bed because the dog was there. I had no idea what he was talking about, but asked what he was talking about. He said he heard a woman's voice whisper to him, to scooch back from the edge so he didn't step on the dog when he got up. I should let you know that my small dog sleeps in our room, sometimes under the bed at the foot or sometimes right next to the bed. I've accidentally stepped on him lightly, but of course, no to look for him there. Aaron being new to staying there regularly is not used to this. Needless to say, when he woke up early in the morning for his bathroom trip, about 4.30 or 5, he felt around with his feet and the dog, in fact, was right there. Thank goodness from the warning from her because Aaron tends to be a little heavy-footed and could have really hurt our dog. Anyway, those are my stories. I've always felt a presence, but never anything I was afraid of. But I think it's just funny that Aaron, after only a few months, has had so many experiences. Keep up the great work, guys. Really enjoy your podcast. Actually listening right now. Thanks again.
1: I like that the little spirit was helpful in keeping the dog from being squished.
0: Here's a thought. Hmm. This is a little one that's a little bit out there, but keep an open mind. Do you think animals can ever astral project themselves to people to communicate messages in a form that we can understand? Hmm? I don't know. Like the dog knowing, I don't want to be stepped on. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I know it's pretty far out there, but they do seem to be the things that are most sensitive to entities, if you will. Usually your pets are the first to notice, if anything, if they're there. Um, and we hear a lot of stories about people, sometimes astral projecting themselves fairly unconsciously in most cases. Yeah. Um, but doing it. Is there ever the case? Do some animals somehow possess that ability?
1: I don't know, and I'm hesitant to say no because of the things I do believe in. It's kind of wrong for me to say no, that that can't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a different thought.
1: It is different. You know, it would be helpful if the dog could just send you messages saying, hey, I need to go out.
0: Pick the language, and it, 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 tell, it, it communicates to you. Yeah. Mentally. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bizarre thought. Yeah. But... That's what we do here. Exactly. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Joe writes in, hi guys, I got a personal story for you all this time. When I was a kid, we took a trip to visit my uncle and cousins in Monterey, Mexico. They inherited an old plantation down there and had moved from Florida to Mexico to run it. And yes, it came with a haunted warning, but they didn't care. When we first got there, we noticed a lot of people standing on a loading platform as if waiting for something. They were of African descent and were dressed in an old style of clothing. We figured they were workers, so we left uh, it at that, but more on that later. My cousin wanted my brother and me to go to a local swimming hole with him. So we did, and on the way, we walked past this very large walnut tree. There was a plaque on it and a small decorative fence around it. But being a kid, I didn't care about the historical meaning of the tree. It was just huge and cool on the way to the pool. The day turned into evening, so it was time to head back. It was already dark, but not nighttime just yet as we walked towards the tree. My cousin very casually turned to us, and walking backwards towards the tree, said to us, "'Guys, when we walk under the tree, don't look up. "'When we pass it, don't look back, okay?' We asked why, but all we got was, it's a local thing, type of comment with no explanation. We walked under, and we didn't look up, but when we were a few yards away from it, I just couldn't help it, and I did look back. On the branches of the tree, I could make out an outline of a person standing in the tree. I told my brother that I thought there was someone up there, so he turned around and saw it, too, except there were more people now. They weren't standing. The silhouettes of hanging people seemed to be all over the tree. We freaked out and we ran home, chalking that up to paranoia. We tried to relax for the night. We got one of the larger rooms and there were three beds in it with a very large walk-in closet. We laid in bed in the dark, still talking about girls and school and what my cousin missed about the U.S. when we heard a very loud and chilling scream come, in front, come from inside the room. A woman's dark silhouette bolting for the door at the same time. "'We all jumped right behind her towards the door. "'We didn't know who that was "'or why she had just screamed bloody murder, "'but we weren't about to stay in there "'with whatever she just saw in the dark. "'We reached the door and hit the lights, "'and no one was there, nothing. "'No woman, no danger, no explanation. "'The next day was our last day there, "'so we went by the pool one last time, "'and I stopped and read the plaque under the tree.' It was the town's local meeting area, where during the Mexican Revolution, a well-known general held trials and hanged people right there in the branches of the tree. When I read that, I got a massive chill down my back and decided to go back. As we were packing, my female cousin came by and asked if we were ready. She kept looking at the closet and asking if we had anything in there. All along, not putting one foot in the room, I asked her what was wrong, and she said, I uh, might as well tell you, since you're uh, leaving already, during the last year of its glory days, this was the servant's quarters, and that was a pantry. A servant's daughter hanged herself in that room. When the mother found her, she screamed in horror and ran to the river where she drowned herself over grief. This used to be my room till I saw the lady scream and run out of the closet and out the door. She also saw her crying quietly over her bed on a separate occasion. She went on to tell us that there were no black people in the area either. But as we pulled away from the driveway on the loading dock opposite the main house, was the same group of black folks staring at us when we arrived. Women, men, and children, old and young, just watching us leave. We never went back to visit again, and I don't wonder why. Thanks, guys. I hope I can make some time to... Uh, to write some more stories to get caught up with all the episodes. I absolutely love the show. Joe.
1: Joe, please do. I always enjoy your stories. Joe has Exorcist Grandma. Okay. Had Exorcist Grandma. Mm -hmm. But the imagery of the people in the tree, that's just creepy. And the people there on the the loading dock just kind of waiting, watching you.
0: I... uh I'm going to take it that probably a lot of people see that sort of thing in the tree, and that's why the local people are like, "Don't look at the tree. Don't look up in the tree. Don't look behind at the tree." Yeah. Uh, interesting. I wonder if there's any other folks who know anything about that one.
1: If you were walking along with somebody and they said, "Don't look at the tree," I'd be at looking night. at. The oh, you would. Would you? No. You wouldn't look back at the tree. I wouldn't want to. How would you
0: not? I mean, it's like
1: because there's things you can't unsee, and I yeah. understand that.
0: Yeah. I know that too but uh,
1: <laughs> but I understand that
0: I understand that I just don't heed that
1: yeah I know what it means if I were to look that means nightmares for me for however long
0: I think I might I, I don't think I would go back to investigate but uh, I would probably look yeah No, I, I don't think I, I could no my curiosity would would get the back I'd be the one looking up as they're you know saying it Ugh. you know But, uh, yeah, that that is a very creepy, creepy experience. Thank you, Joe, for writing in. 855-853-4802 is our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, Alma writes in, Hey, guys, I recently discovered your show and am definitely hooked. I've always been into the paranormal. Part of the reason is because my family, both sides, has always had experiences with ghosts and the paranormal as far back as I can remember. Of course, some of it might be urban legends, but a lot of it actually isn't. The story I wanted to share is actually my mother's story. My family is originally from southern Mexico, and my mother was very poor when she was a child, so my grandmother hired her out as a maid when my mother was about 11 years old, and she helped support her younger siblings. One of her jobs required her to move to Mexico City in the mid-70s, along with another girl who was her friend. They were the maids for a wealthy family and lived in the house, but in the basement of the house. The basement was divided into two rooms. One of them was the girls' bedroom and the other part of the room was used for storage. There was a wall dividing the basement and a door that separated both rooms so the girls had privacy. The storage space was used to house furniture, stacks of newspapers, papers, and other items that they really didn't need anymore. One evening after my mother and other girls had gone to sleep, my mother was awoken by a loud noise. She waited, thinking it might be the employers coming back home, but she didn't think it was them. Then her roommate woke up, and the girls stayed huddled in their room and heard the loud bangs. At one point, they heard the sounds of ruffling of papers, and what sounded like the stacks of newspapers being thrown around knocked over and chairs being thrown around. After about 30 minutes of noise, my mother and her roommate didn't hear any more noises. The girls then decided to see what happened, and they walked out, looking around the room. They thought they'd have a mess to clean up, but when they went out, the storage room was organized and perfect. Nothing had been moved, and nothing was out of place. It looked like it did every single night. My mother and her roommate were confused, didn't know what to think of what happened, and stayed up until their employers came home which they did about an hour later. They never talked about what happened, and I've only heard this story once or twice, as my mother is a very logical person. Thanks for reading this, and keep up the good work. I'm already an EPP, and it's totally worth it.
1: I would just be so afraid of, you know, what would be making that noise, and beyond the fear of having to clean it up, but just not knowing... If there's really somebody in the house or if it's a ghost or what it is, I think the not knowing, I think I, 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 let me say it this way. I think I could handle it better knowing, okay, we've got a ghost and he makes a lot of noise Mm -hmm. versus is there an intruder? Am I in danger?
0: Yeah. Like, is there someone hiding in a closet or something that I'm unaware of? Right. It's, I would go into the more, if I were in that situation, uh, more so afraid of the living than the dead. Yeah, because it, it's just way too hard to define in that moment. You know, retrospectively, if you can prove that oh, there's no one in that house, okay, then you know, it's a ghost. But you realize that way after you're out of the danger. Yeah, when you're right there, any noise just being—I mean, I, you know—I yeah. I, I felt that way when I've when I've gone on a couple ghost, you know, hunts, if you will, where we're in the woods and then you hear things moving around or people moving around. And may never really know what the hell it is. But your main concern at that moment in time is not, is there a ghost right there? It's who is over there and why are they there? Yeah. And it's it's never really, I mean, the consideration, like, is that a ghost right there? I agree. So, yeah, you know, the living, you know, oftentimes much creepier than the dead. <laughs> yeah. What's creepier is when you have the people who are creepy in the living becoming ghosts and still being creepy. Yes. Get that?
1: Yeah, but they're probably less dangerous, although still creepier.
0: Probably. You're probably right there. They have less of what they can do, Mm -hmm. what they can inflict upon you, in most cases.
2: Yeah, in most cases. (laughs)
0: 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi.
2: Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to tell you a story about the most haunted house I ever lived in. Uh, I've I've lived in a number of haunted houses, but this one... Uh, I thought it was kind of special because of a couple of things that happened. Uh, first of all, uh, people have gifts. Uh, everybody has a different gift. I think some people are psychics or medium. Maybe not everybody realizes they have this gift. My gift is kind of unusual. My gift is I, I know what happens on the other side. I know what happens from when you die to when you're reincarnated and you return to this life. Uh, I, I don't know all the details. I just kind of have the big picture. And I sent you a letter several weeks ago, kind of giving you that big picture of what happens. And I tried to answer some of the questions that I've heard asked on the show, such as uh, uh, can ghosts change, uh, change clothes? That's uh, that i thing. But anyway, going back to uh, my original tale. For, by the way, I'm driving here. So if I sound a little unfocused in time, it's because I'm dealing with traffic. The house. Uh, this house was located in Georgia, uh, south of Atlanta, in an area where there was a lot of the Civil War was fought. There, you can still see a lot of the earth dams and earthworks where, the, where these poor people laid down and shot at each other. And to geographically describe the house, imagine this hill, and there was an old house at the top of the hill, probably built in the 1800s. It wasn't a huge mansion. It was just a really nice house for the time. And they probably owned uh, a lot of the land around it and and they farmed it. So if you walk out of their door and you kind of imagine a slope going down, about a mile down was uh, a family cemetery. Uh, and, And our house was located right between the cemetery and the house. And around the cemetery... a modern uh, neighborhood uh, had grown up and our house was one of them. Uh, The cemetery was a small family plot so you really didn't know it was there unless you walked into it simply because it was overgrown. But that entire neighborhood had activity. We had neighbors ask us if we had cold spots in our house. Uh, The lady that lived next to the cemetery uh, was a teacher and she would go to school in the morning and she would teach. She would go back to her house and she would uh, grade her papers and have dinner, and then she would go to her parents' house to sleep. She would not sleep in that house at night. But anyway, when I when I moved into the house, I, I got married to, uh, to my wife, and she used to live in the house. So she was familiar with it, and she warned me that the house had, uh, that she had ghosts in there. And because of my background, I believe I there, uh, there was no, uh, I've lived in enough houses with ghosts. So. I immediately started getting feelings throughout the house. Uh, and a lot of them were uh, things like you, you'd walk through a room and you would smell a candle burning. And you moved a couple of inches, you no longer smell the candle. You can no longer smell the wax. If you moved back, you could smell it again. And I would tell her about it and she'd just say, yeah, i will let you know where they are. And uh, you'd be in one room and there was a light in another room you'd see a shadow walking between the two. And I remember the first time this happened, I, I told myself, there better be somebody in that room. And I walked into that room and it was completely empty, but something had definitely come between the fan light and, and the shadow casting in our bedroom. Um, so uh, there were a number of issues. Uh, uh, something would be going against the house at night. And my impression was one of a big black duffel bag. Filled with some heavy things, and it's like it was taken and thrown hard against the side of my house. And of course, if you walked out there, uh, there was nothing. There was nothing at all. Uh, my wife would have me close all the closet doors and died at the bathroom door, and she was sensitive enough so that she knew where they were, and she'd tell you, okay, they're standing over there next to the closet door, or there's one over there. And that was a gift that I only developed several years later. And it just suddenly happened, and and I so I completely relate to to the way she was feeling at that time. Um, and uh, there was one particular ghost that she always had the sensation. that was a little girl. Uh, we walked to the cemetery one day, and we were scrounging around. We're looking at all the headstones, and we came across a headstone of a. Of a little girl that had died, I forget, she was eight or nine years old. It was in the 1800s, and her name was Mary. And for some reason, we both decided, yeah, that's her, that's, that Mary is the little girl in the house, as well as a lot of other people, but she was definitely one of them. And one of the most interesting stories for me was that one Saturday morning, I woke up, and being Saturday, I decided I just want to go back to sleep. Which was unusual. Usually, when I wake up, I'm up. But I started dreaming that I was in the backyard of a house, and there were two stumps, and I was sitting on one of them looking at a house, and there was a little girl sitting next to me, and she had like this curly hair, and she was wearing this gingham dress, and she was just talking to me, telling me about how she used to live there, and how the slope. That I mentioned before she the way she described it was almost like it was terraced They used to farm up there, and then she pointed to the side of the yard it was a pretty big yard, it was about an acre, and the one on the side of the house she said that's where we used to grow there strawberries, and that's where my wife and I always found our wheat, thought were wild strawberries, we used to go and pick them so she told me a little bit more about living there and then i i, I uh, just woke up and I walked into the kitchen i told. My wife, hey, guess who I was just talking to? And she said, wait, wait, before you tell me, let me tell you one thing. She pointed to the backyard, to the exact spot where we were sitting. Now, those, those stumps that we were sitting on are no longer there. But she pointed right at that area. She said, Mary's right over there. And she pointed exactly to the spot where in my dream, I was talking to Mary. So I thought it was very interesting, the connection between the, the dream and her awareness of the location. You know, what's, what's real here? But, uh, uh, it wasn't always pleasant. Uh, like I'm saying, they were throwing things against the house. Uh, we had a, a four year old that would wake up screaming, talking about the men and what it sounded like in red plaid shirts. And she would describe them as having uh rat eyes and she'd never seen a real rat as far as I know, only on TV, but she said their eyes looked like they were the eyes of a rat that, and they were red and glowing. And, uh, there were times when when something just went through the house and the, the answering machine. I remember the old answering machine? It sounded like somebody just clicking the button on and off, on and off, on and off. And the lamps would be sideways, and, and things would be moved around or moved into the room. And and you would feel sometimes like you were breathing for two people. You would just feel strange, like you were, you're taking a breath and you're breathing for two people. The only way I can describe. Anyway. Uh, so it, it got to be a little bit too much and, and we moved out of that house. Um, the folks that bought it by coincidence, we remained friends and they never said that anything ever happened to them. Now they had a lot of kids. Uh, so maybe they were just too busy dealing with all the, the brood because it was a very large house, uh, and they never, they never mentioned that anything happened to them in the house, but. It, it certainly did to us. Anyway, uh, I thought uh, you might enjoy that story, and I will uh, call up with another one in the future. Bye. By the way, one oh, last thing I am a yearly EVP uh, contributor, and I encourage everyone to do that because it really is, is a worthwhile uh, expenditure. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for being an EPP and supporting the show. We really do that. And thanks for supporting it with uh, with a call today, too.
1: You know, I think it's funny that the family that moved into the house after them, that had a bunch of kids, never mm-hmm. reported any hauntings. And I'm wondering if that's just because with kids comes noise. And it'd be very hard if you have a bunch of kids to tell whether or not it was them or something else going on.
0: Sure. And also with kids comes, too, I think more of a... I guess I, I don't know if acceptance is the right word of ghost, but maybe oblivion to ghost. Uh, you know, being oblivious to the fact that there's a ghost there, uh-huh. just because there's so many times that kids I think see ghosts or interact with them, and especially younger, younger ones that they never really... It's not in them to go, this is out of the ordinary because uh, so many things in life are so new to them that they just think, oh, this is normal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, being a kid is just weird in general.
0: Everything is new to you at that Mm -hmm. point. So if suddenly at some point you're introduced to ghosts... Oh, okay. Well, that's as new as, you know, oh, toys come with Happy Meals. Okay.
1: <laughs> right. You know, it's just like uh, this Some is amazing. Some houses
0: come with ghosts. Yeah, this is amazing. This is how this works, you know, until you're all like, oh, this is not how this works, you know. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting where he was uh, in the graveyard and 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 the little girl had that uh, that uh, I guess uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, drawn to the area uh, of the grave that was in in his dream. Yeah that that was very interesting thank you for the stories we'd love to hear more uh, more from you down the line 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number here at real ghost stories online we would absolutely uh, love to uh, hear from you P- please uh, press subscribe whatever platform it is you listen to us on itunes stitcher youtube although if you are listening to us uh there's we're on that dark matter uh, radio platform as well i don't believe there's a subscribe button there but uh, thank you for listening if you are listening there
1: yeah definitely uh,
0: which we are I've told you this yet, but uh, they're going to be carrying us now five nights a week over there.
1: Oh, really? Or five days
0: a week. So yeah, that's exciting.
1: That is exciting. It's
0: been a while where it's just been uh, like one episode a week. But, uh-huh. uh, been uh, some demand for our show, so that's exciting. So more folks uh, wow. will get to hear ghost stories. And another thing that I've been reading about, and this is, it's like an unofficial thing okay. yet, um, but it is on, on uh, his website. Um, I guess he is... And when I say he, of course, referring to the dark father of, uh, of paranormal radio, uh, yes. Art Bell, uh, returning to uh, the world of uh, uh, well, online broadcast, uh, I guess, it, it, unofficially planning and returning when his non-compete is up with Sirius XM. Um, I believe it's June or this summer, I think, at some point.
1: Wow, uh, that would be great. And to
0: be, uh, I guess, the unofficial plans. and, Like I said, all unofficial. This is not coming from any source that I'm making any sort of announcement. I'm just reiterating what I read on his own website. Um, is uh, Art Bell returning to, uh, to the medium of broadcasting online? Uh, Which is amazing, because you can do that now, obviously, Uh and have a large audience, Um, uh, I guess, uh, soon. Uh, So uh, we'll probably be on the same channel that he's on over there on Dark Matter, if it all pans out as what is being put up on those websites right now
1: that's just amazing
0: yeah it's exciting yeah it's interesting stuff so uh, welcome if you are listening to us on uh, on Dark Matter Radio of course you can also uh, check out our archive of shows in our website at realghoststoriesonline.com so you can hear some past ghost story episodes let's do one more call before we wrap up the show for today hi
3: hi I am Ezra's mom I, I am reading a story that happened to him um, he is now a second grader he's eight years old um Ezra's ghost story I am a second grader and I am 8 years old I have a true story that still haunts my family to this day Years ago when I was 5 I was in my room playing nicely with my toys I heard a deep voice and I stopped playing and looked around Even though at that exact time I did not see him I knew that this was death as we had seen this demon many years ago The first time my family had felt and heard death was when I was three years old and we lived in the uptown area in our old house. My mom and I were on the couch sleeping while we were watching the TV. My older brother was down in the basement in his room playing video games and my two older sisters were up in their rooms on the top floor listening to music. Suddenly, mom and I woke up and felt scared for no reason. It felt weird and uncomfortable in the room and we both hugged each other very tight. Weirdly, even though mom and I were alone in the laboring room, it felt crowded, like we were shoved in a small corner of the couch, worried that we would bump into something that would scare us to death. Suddenly, the TV and light went out, and so did the street light that was blowing in from the porch windows. All was totally black. We then heard my two sisters on the top floor screaming their heads off in fear. They were terrified. We then heard my big brother scream like a girl on the top of his lungs, and all the family was screaming at the same time, Mommy! They then all ran as fast as they could in total pitch darkness to where Mom and I were sitting. When we were all together, we talked about what had happened. Each person felt evil and scared before the lights went out. We noticed that it was not a normal darkness, but a type of scary darkness, like when you wear diving goggles and swim to the bottom of the lake and it's cold, dark, and spooky and gross down there. We felt that at any moment, a big, disgusting, horrible monster was going to jump out and swallow us and eat our souls. Mom calmed us down, but I could tell she was pretty scared, too. She suggested we go outside to see what happened to the lights. Once outside, our neighbors were standing around looking confused, asking what happened. And we said, we don't know either. It was a warm summer night and not a cloud in the sky. So it couldn't have been a storm that caused the power outage. The whole area that we lived in was covered by some abnormal blackness. Our neighbor guy across the street yelled to us that it was weird and a little spooky feeling and we agreed with him. Mom told us we were going to drive around and get out of the house because I think she felt like there was something bad around the house. My older brother said, oh, wait, I forgot. I left my headphones and he ran back to grab them. He disappeared into the large old house and a few minutes later, he ran outside screaming as he stopped and seemed to be listening to something that was talking or hiding behind a bush by the door, his eyes got really big and his mouth fell open in horror. He then ran so fast down the steps that he actually half fell and was screaming, Mommy, Mommy, help, help. As soon as he threw himself in the truck, he said, Mom, drive, get out of here, get out of here. Mom kept asking what was wrong and what did he see, but he was just crying and shaking. Way later he calmed down and told us that he had heard a deep grovelly voice behind the bush tell them that tell him that he was death and that he had come to kill us. Now that years have passed, we have experienced many different paranormal things, but we have forgotten about the demon that called itself death. That is until one day I was playing in my room and I heard a low grovelly voice tell me he was death. I was so scared that I couldn't even get up and find my mom. Luckily she came by the room and it went away that night. I laid in bed and I heard the same voice and I said, who are you? And I saw a big black figure in a big cape with red glowing eyes. I screamed and my mom came and she took out a bunch of sage and she blessed the house. Since then he has not come back, but I'm always worried when it gets too dark I may just hear that famili- familiar old gravelly voice and see that dark face with red eyes and you will take me away from this world once and for all.
0: So how old is Ezra now? Second grader. He wrote that?
1: hmm Wow. That was pretty good.
0: That kid's gonna be uh, uh, quite the writer. Yeah. Uh, if that's the level he's at at second grade.
1: And, you know, usually if it's under eighteen, it has to be a pretty—I don't know—pretty um, extraordinary story for it to get sure. on here. Because sometimes they're just so disjointed. Mm-hmm. But the the way that was with you know, and with the mom reading it, that sure. helped too. Um, I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. That was better than a lot of adult stories. <laughs> that Come in sometimes.
1: Way to go, Ezra! You are officially the youngest one to have a story on our show.
0: That's very interesting. Uh, it, it's 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 funny the analogies that uh, a second grader makes to uh-huh. fear and what's scary, like at the bottom of the lake with the goggles. And I mean, because it, it takes me back. I, I'm thinking, like, God, I remember that. That was kind of a scary experience to be down there at that point. That's and, and with not many other reference points of fear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty hor- horrifying at that moment in your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very interesting story, and uh, it, it, it sounds like there's something that's you know watching him, unfortunately. Right. Um, you know, and, and paying attention. So, thank you for uh, for calling that in, Ezra's mom. Yes. <laughs> and I don't even do we ever get her name, or it's just Ezra's mom. Just Ezra's just mom. Ezra's mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you uh, for. Uh, for writing it. Because I, I was wondering if Ezra is still in second grade or if, if is he older? Are we sure he's in second grade right now or is this a, a recollection of second grade events?
1: No, she said at the beginning of the call that this is Ezra's mom. He's a second grader. Oh, he is
0: a second grader. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: And these events took place... Um Starting when he was like three ish, okay. and then a little bit later. So this
0: is Ezra recalling things from mm-hmm. when he was young. Okay, w-
1: <laughs> which is neat because yeah. you know trying to recall something when you're thirty is a lot harder when yeah. you're trying to go back to three years old versus when you were eight or nine. Yeah, going back to three years old.
0: Now he has the record of what he actually did experience yeah. as, as he recalled it in second grade. Right. That he can look back on someday going, yeah, I did feel that way back then. And not just, I think I, I think this is how I thought, which is I mean, how a lot of us are because we have no record of exactly what it was. Yeah. So, very interesting. Uh, Ezra, if you have more stories, uh, write them out and have your mom call them in.
1: Keep writing no matter what. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'd love to uh, to hear them. Yeah, you are a very good writer uh, for your age. So, thank you, Ezra, for uh, for writing in and, and having mom read that. That's uh, very good. I think you owe her a a dollar menu item at uh, McDonald's
1: yeah, ice cream cone. As
0: a uh, as a thank you. <laughs> thank you, uh, Ezra. We really do appreciate that. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 to uh, share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, if you like the show, consider keeping us on the air. That would be uh, that'd be helpful uh, to continue the enjoyment of our broadcast. Uh, we have a lot of expenses that go along with it uh, as, of course, it grows. More listeners, more costs, such as bandwidth and things of that nature, uh, just to distribute to the show itself. So it's only five bucks a month. That's how we got it set up. You get a bonus episode every single week and access to our archive of past bonus episodes. Twenty eight of them out there right now and, and really good stuff. So check it out to uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. Consider supporting and uh, keeping this uh, ship afloat. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.